This is the Last of Us podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about The Last of Us finale, episode 9, Look for the Light. Maybe there's nothing bad out there, but so far there's always been something bad out there. We're still here, though. I know. I'm only saying there's risk. We don't have to do this. I just, I want you to know that. What do you mean? What else are we supposed to do? Nothing. We just go back to Tommy's. We forget about the whole damn thing. After all we've been through, everything I've done. It can't be for nothing. I know you mean well. I know you want to protect me. You have. And when we're done, we'll go wherever you want. Tommy's, Sheep Ranch. The moon. I'll follow you anywhere you go. But there's no halfway with this. We finish what we started. Welcome back, fellow survivors, for the last ever time. We are The Last of Us. You are The Last of Us. This is The Last of Us podcast on TV Podcast Industries. And we're talking about the finale, episode 9, Look for the Light. I am blinded by the light. I am Chris, and I am joined by my fellow co-hosts. Yes, I'm one of your co-hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow survivors. I'm your third and final co-host, John. Excellent. And the good thing is, Chris... Despite your slight uh, change to uh, to the intro, this is not the final ever time we'll be talking about The Last of Us. Uh, it has been announced that we, we are getting more uh, Last of Us, but we have a little quote from Craig Mason, the showrunner, as a start off to the episode. Excellent. Yes, Craig Mason, uh, basically in The Times this week, uh, basically had the following quote about the next season. There are only two main Last of Us games. The stories in the second game are much bigger and more complicated so we wouldn't do just one more season, Mason said. But I have no interest in never-ending dramas. I write towards endings. Excellent. All, all good things there. Yes. So we are going to get multiple. So there is a second game. It is a, a, a very big chunk here. Mm-hmm. And additionally, when they add in stories like Bill and Frank to expand upon the universe, or not expand upon the universe, expandable on the, the characters mm-hmm. that were in the stories are kind of there already, we're going to extend that out. So, yeah, it's like changing a f- kind of fully formed 40-hour game into two 10-hour TV show seasons. Makes sense? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good It's good to hear. Like, this was uh, quite a specific story that was being told in the first season, and they, they have nailed it in the nine episodes, nailed exactly what was in that. Nothing really cut out that you... That you uh, would really have wanted to keep, let's say. Whereas the second season, I think they'll be moving around the story quite a bit and telling the story um, that they have there because it's much bigger. So that's a much bigger world that they're exploring in the second season. Yeah. So uh, so I could see how they could stretch that to uh, two, maybe even three seasons. Um, but I, could, I, I do love the additional comment from Mason that he is not a person that's going to be writing uh, 12 seasons of The Walking Dead from this story. He's here and will get to an ending, but wants to serve the story as best he can. Yeah, and that makes sense. Again, it's just like, if it the, if the story calls for it, great. 
the story doesn't call for it, fine. Um, and again, the the reason that it usually takes so long is because people die a lot in the game. <laughs> exactly, so, exactly. That's some great news. Yes, I did make some jokes around The Last of Us in the last time. Uh-huh. But no, we will be back for season two mm-hmm. whenever that approaches. But we're here to talk about the season one finale. And before we get into this episode, remember our final World Ends pub quiz question will be up later in this episode. If you gather together the answer to all nine questions, email it to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. You can be in with a chance to get your hands on The Last of Us Part 1 on PlayStation 5 or PC because PC is coming out soon as well. Yeah. So if you have watched the ending of the season and are interested in going, hmm, I wonder how that played in the game. Well, you too can find out. We will not get you a PS5. We will not get you a PC, mm-hmm. but we will get you The Last of Us Part 1 on PlayStation 5 or PC. If you don't have either of those, or you're not interested. We'll get some, there'll be a, a, a comparable kind of Last of Us themed goodies. A basket of too. mushrooms. <laughs> there yes. you go. Yes. Just giving Oysters, away a basket. Oysters, shiitake, <laughs> just there. Magic. No magic mushrooms will be provided with the, the, the with any goodies. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Yeah, just gather together the nine answers, email us that email address. If you haven't gotten all the questions, you can pop on over to the website at tvpodcastindustries.com. Click on the pub quiz button in the top corner and you'll see both of the sets of questions for the pub quizzes that are going out at the moment. Yes. And for an extra chance to be in with that as well, don't forget you can head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Take your old screenshot, email it, that screenshot to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and you get an extra chance. You know, always worth being in it because you got to be in it to win it. Exactly. But gentlemen, with all that said and done, let's jump into our discussion on this episode because there's a lot to go through first up Derek do you want to tell us who gave us what where when and how with this episode details absolutely the show of course is based on the PlayStation game written by Neil Druckmann and directed by Bruce Straley from game publisher Naughty Dog the executive producers and writers for the show are Craig Mason and Neil Druckmann who are the writers of this episode of course they have uh, written the finale together and this episode was directed once again by Ali Abassi who directed episode 8 very good. Yeah. Great stuff. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for The Last of Us Episode 9, Look to the Light? Sure. About 14 years ago, Ellie's mother, Anna, is bitten by an infected attacker as she gives birth to Ellie. She's found by Marlene, who hesitantly takes Ellie and, at Anna's request, shoots her to prevent her from turning. In the present, Joel and Ellie make their way to Salt Lake City, Utah, to find the hospital where Ellie's condition will be assessed to see if a cure against the cordyceps infection is possible. Making their way through the city, Joel confides in Ellie that after his daughter died, he tried and failed to end his life, but doesn't feel that way anymore. As they share some terrible puns, a firefly patrol captures Ellie and knocks Joel unconscious. After he awakens in a hospital, Marlene explains to him that doctors are preparing Ellie for surgery to produce a cure, but the procedure will kill her. Marlene orders Joel to be taken away. However, as he is being escorted from the hospital, he fights back, and racing to save Ellie kills most of the soldiers and the lead surgeon. Joel finds Ellie and carries her unconscious from the hospital. But Marlene intercepts him, stating there is still time to find a cure, 
But reasoning that Marlene will always be following Ellie, Joel shoots and kills her. Waking up on the backseat of a car, Joel lies to Ellie, telling her the Fireflies had found other immune people, but were unable to create a cure. As they hike the final leg of their return journey to Jackson, Ellie confides to Joel that the person she had to kill was Riley, her best friend, who was also bitten at the same time as Ellie. She insists Joel swear his story about the Fireflies is true. He swears, and Ellie seemingly accepts his words. Or does she? That is what we're going to discuss. Well, not actually, we're going to discuss many points. But we are going to change it up a bit for those who have been following us for our feedback and our moments and all of our discussions for this season. We usually kind of opened with pretty much kind of like the, the, the cold open, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Yeah. But, uh, but we're not going to kind of, and that, that would be a point where all of us would come in. But we're going to shake things up because it is the finale. We also want to give a bit of thoughts on overall on the whole season as it wraps up. So, John, do you want to take it away with your first point? And we'll see how that kind of takes us for the rest of this episode. Yes, uh, effectively, my point is the opening. It's the birth of Ellie to her mother, Anna. Um, I think the first thing really want to shout out on this part is, you know, that Anna here is played by Ashley Johnson, who mm-hmm. voices Ellie in the game. And it was really distinctive hearing that voice, actually, nice, isn't it? for sure. Yeah. You know, so I- I'm really pleased that they're involving um the the different voice actors mm-hmm. from from the game in this uh, TV show. I think it's really good, um, yeah. to be honest, that they're doing that. Yeah, so that's four of them majorly yeah. involved in the ser- in the season. We've had the voice actor for Tommy. We had um, uh, obviously the voice actor for Joel last week. We've had Marlene, of course, playing the role of Marlene in the show, and now we have Ashley Johnson coming yeah. in as the mother of uh, of Ellie. Which, so uh, I, I think sense. it's really positive yeah. that kind of uh, approach to and things. And she's great here as well. Yeah, I think, she is. I think some of our Marvel fans might recognise her as the uh, the waitress from uh, from the Avengers, um, <laughs> who everybody thought was going to become uh, the new partner of Captain America because uh, she kind of sort of chats him up uh, in, in that one scene that she was in. But I know we have a lot of Marvel listeners to uh, to TV podcasts industry so you may recognize uh for her from that role in there uh, but mostly known as a voice actor for the last yeah. uh, last 20 or 30 years but yeah i mean like 20 years sorry maybe i'm much older than she was there but uh, i bet the last 20 years but like i i really enjoyed this opening i, I like the context that it provides i mean i don't really recall from the game certainly th- this wasn't in there it wasn't and, and, and in fact to begin with I assume that they were running from the the lakeside uh, town mm. where they had come out of the restaurant from the previous one. I thought it was almost like just a carry on from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't. And I, I think just because of the voice, I was thinking, oh, maybe it still is. But then you know, you see, it's around fourteen years beforehand, and this is the mother of Ellie, uh, who's heavily pregnant, running away from an infected. And I think, um, yeah, it, it, I think there was a lot of this that was, you know, both it was horrific, but really kind of tender and sweet. It was kind of really um, those two sides of the coin, really. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought um, I thought it was done so well, you know, from sort of getting the knife and preparing to sort of fend off this infected mm-hmm. to the shock of her having given birth in that moment. Absolutely. Um, but also, t- to some point, 
sort of, I guess what I've been saying, you know, we haven't seen that thing where someone's been bitten on the hand, say, and immediately someone's gone to take the arm off with an axe or something. Like mm-hmm. you would see in a, in a normal, you know, zombie kind of TV show or movie, or you would see that. And um, here, in a sense, Anna has that thought in terms of cutting the um, umbilical cord, uh, you know, before it takes hold in the bloodstream. But it is after she's been bitten, so mm. it's not entirely. But as is always the case with that, chop off the arm, you know, to stop the spread of the infection. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that she's not going to nurse her. So yes. uh, because of that. But she does then effectively lie to Marlene to say that she had cut the cord before the bite from the infected. Exactly. Um, and so, again, this is here explaining, in some to some extent, her immunity um, to the cordyceps infection um, as mm-hmm. uh, effectively Anna is bitten before she cuts the umbilical cord on Ellie. Yes. And and you hear it later in the hospital that she or Ellie effectively already has the cordyceps in her um in her brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it gives the signal that she is already cordyceps. That she is already to cordyceps. cordyceps to yeah. cordyceps yeah. or infected. So yeah. Yeah. she in a sense, has grown up with it. It's been so her body. It's almost symbiotic in the case of aggressive uh, and parasitic in this sense. And mm-hmm. um, you have, I think, just Ashley Johnson playing a wonderful part here with Anna. I think you know that moment. I really enjoyed the close up of baby Ellie to Anna. Like it was really beautiful. It was. Um, it felt really touching you know in 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 a moment that actually almost feels it's certainly hopeless for anna but she's just given birth to her daughter Mm -hmm. after being bitten and knowing that she's going to turn and yet there's this really sweet moment between the two of them in this kind of fairly drastic moment and yeah i I just love that as the baby's crying in the new mother's face, effectively. Uh, Anna's saying to her, you tell the world, you tell them, Ellie, you tell them, you share all of them as well. You know, she's got that kind of, you know, she knows this child is going to be a fighter. Uh, absolutely right uh, that she is as well. Yeah. Where do they get these babies? That's one thing in production I'm so curious. Like, that looks like a pretty newborn baby. It is, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, really that nice. wasn't CGI or kind of prosthetic or yeah. kind of automaton or right? that was a real baby it was it was two, it was actually two real babies and a little a little boy and a little girl um who were who were uh, used for this role it's on the uh, on the official podcast they talked about it and uh, Craig Mason politely says it was much better working with the girl uh, slightly better actor and also we didn't have to uh, CGI any of its business <laughs> oh yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. which I thought was quite funny. I, I will talk very quickly about this. I was happy we got to know where the, the knife came from. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah, that exactly. Keep, it's a very nice keepsake that has been continued. Yeah. Some people have blankets. Some people have teddies. Mm-hmm. Photographs. Ellie has a knife. In this world, you need a knife. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, the one thing is uh, one of Marlene's. Um, I was going to say goons, but no soldiers. Yeah, probably freedom fighters. Um. Yeah. Marlene turns around and goes, cover her ears and walks in. Mm-hmm. Does the man cover her ears? No. 
No, he does not. No, he does not. <laughs> and Ellie is half deaf. Uh-huh. And screams her <laughs> well, way yeah. through the whole yeah. rest of the encounter there. Yeah. 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 Um, I was um, laughing at some of these. It, this is cool. For me, mm-hmm. this is like, this is way more information. Uh, and I enjoyed the, the explanation of kind of where she came from. Again, I'm a huge Critical Role fan. So Ashley Johnson is one of the founding members of Critical Role, mm-hmm. which is a kind of, D and D live role playing. Um, she's also was she, like had a fantastic run on Blind Spot, so she's been around for years, yeah. as you said, and is a well known actress. Mm-hmm. This is just this is a bit kismet in that we saw last week Troy Baker kind of his performance. Yeah. Um, again, these are the people who initially brought. Um, their soul to the characters within the video games yeah. and multiple video games now. Then seeing here, and we, I think Craig Mason said it, either online or an interview, one of them, essentially that they struck gold, uh, with, uh, Ashley Johnson being Ellie. And she, like, she embodied the character and the character mm-hmm. became, Ashley and that character became entwined. Yeah. And then somehow they managed to replicate that a second time mm-hmm. with Bella Ramsey. And it made sense then to say, well, Ellie is as much entwined with Ashley Johnson's Ellie that actually you could have them together and be like mother and daughter. And then I, I don't know whether and I, I'm going to have to listen to the official podcast and see if they talk about that. Mm-hmm. But the assumption is like, that just made sense. And when you do see it, like there is, like Bella Ramsey has some of those same mannerisms, yeah. which would make sense then that it's yeah. mother daughter because they both embodied the same character for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and I think that's one of the most interesting things. If you look at screenshots of the game of Ellie, you probably don't see the likeness as much with Bella Ramsey, but seeing Bella Ramsey and Ashley Johnson together, you can really see there's a similarity between the two of them, weirdly, um, even yeah. though this is not Ashley Johnson playing Ellie, but it's, yeah. it's really interesting to see the similarity between the two of them. It's great that they brought her on board here. And again, you know, I do want to point out, I already mentioned that Marlene is played by the same actress in game and uh, in the TV show. Really cool that the scene that Ashley Johnson is here for is working with Marlene. So really cool that uh, both of those actors get to work to work together again. You know, uh, Merle Dandridge at the beginning of the season, coming back for the end of the season and, and now having an episode working with Ashley Johnson at the beginning as well. is quite cool. Yeah. And well, and that's the other side of this is Marlene and Anna's, uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. They've known each other forever. I mean, you see Marlene being a little wary of taking the baby. Absolutely. Um, but it, it's being forced on and then worry about shooting Anna. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, uh, makes that decision. So, you know, you, you, you see the linkages as to why Bella was there. Yeah. She, it, it's Marlene that's put her into the Fedra training system in order to gather skills. Mm-hmm. You know, as we heard when we saw the episode with, um, with Ellie and Riley mm-hmm. uh, about it almost being a training ground for the Fireflies, not just Fedra, yeah. yeah. at least for some specific, you know, mm. at least for Riley, possibly for, um, Ellie as well. 
Uh, yeah, but I kind of take that decision now of having seen the full season and, and seeing the story. The story wasn't as clear in, in the game as, no. as you remember, John. Uh, I kind of take this decision as saying Marlene's willing to do whatever is necessary to do the right thing or to do what she believes is right. She's being asked to take care of Ellie and she believes the right place to keep the, her best friend's child safe is with her enemies and she's willing to put her in with Fedra and just keep an eye on her. But I believe that is another one of the choices that she would make that a lot of other people wouldn't. She would kind of go, there's no way I'm putting that child in with my enemies, but this feels like Marlene's making another big choice that other people may not make, as we probably see later on in the episode and talk about later on in the episode, some of the choices that she makes uh, that other people might not make. Well, that's it. And Mm -hmm. you also get the feeling that Marlene doesn't quite believe Anna's story that she um, had managed to cut the umbilical cord before being attacked and bitten. Exactly. I was trying to think about this afterwards. Either the infection obviously happening in the leg and traveling to her womb is a very short trip. And we've heard, you know, the infection travels in a couple of minutes when the bite happens in the neck. The infection goes to the head very quickly. It's like 15 minutes, I think, was was what, what it was yeah. saying at the start of the season. When someone gets bitten on the leg, it takes a day or so to turn. Um So I was wondering if that was the reason why it passed so quickly through the umbilical cord. And because um Anna doesn't cut the umbilical cord quickly enough to go there. Or is it simply she used that exact same knife to kill the cordyceps in the infected that was attacking and then yeah. used the knife yeah. to cut it. So has she almost doubled the possibility that it went through the umbilical cord into Ellie that by almost trying to save her, has she actually added to the corset? I think it's more likely that it's just traveled from the leg uh, into the womb that quickly because it seems that uh, conversion happens very quickly. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's one that will never like they won't explain. I think we've got the, the, the most. Yeah. Detail and explanation of her immunity. Yeah, and it's certainly more explanation than we've ever gotten in any show yes. about, yeah. about how people uh, how people change, what causes it, all that kind of stuff. We, we've gotten a lot of that throughout the season. They haven't. They've been willing to give explanations for everything. And um, as to John's point earlier on, none of this is in the game. There's literally one note from uh, from Ellie's mother, Anna, which refers to the fact that she's known Marlene all her life, and that's a about it and says, you know, take care of yourself. Um, that, and that she was already dying. So fan theory was that she was dying of cordyceps. And that's, and that's what has transferred it to Ellie. That's the story that's now been confirmed in the show. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So I think that's everything for me for, um, that, that whole section around mm. Ellie's birth. Yeah. I've got one tiny note on this one. Go on. I was going to leave it for notes, but it makes more sense here. Just think it's a lovely touch. The song that Anna is singing to Ellie when Marlene comes in is an aha song. It's yes. a, a song called The Sun Always Shines on TV, one of my favorites uh, from the 80s. But why that's important is that Ellie absolutely loves aha. It's something that comes out in her character throughout the first and second game. It's one of those bands that while she was born way later than the 80s it's one of those bands that their music has always transferred to her we hear her playing versions of aha and guitar um in in uh, in the future so i i like that her mother sing another aha song to her so a little another little connection between the two characters Excellent. very cute yes very cute there you go chris what's your uh top moment from the episode let's all go to the lot no was it the ballpark? It's <laughs> a different song, yeah. Chris. It's, it's a, a completely song. different song. I've never claimed that I know songs or have a musical right. bone in my body. <laughs> Let go out, let's go out to the ball game. And definitely, let's all go to the ball yeah, game. A there different you tune. Go. <laughs> That's that one. Yes, there you go. That's also played at baseball games, but again, yes. different tune. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I got, but it's okay fellow survivors this is as close as i'll ever get to that but yeah i want to talk about a, a, an overall like important part of this story which is the arrival in salt lake the ball game mm-hmm. the, the the park i should say uh, when most importantly the giraffes mm-hmm. now i finally understand the giraffes <laughs> and then the confession that comes from joel as he's trying to Engage Ellie more. Mm. Um, I bring her out of the 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 uh, pit of despair, if you want to call it that. She's found herself in following the the events of last episode. Yeah. Um. Because again, twenty one times machete to the head does something to a kid. Absolutely, and not even just that. What was happening beforehand? The the David the pedophile um attacking her and then what she had to do both both elements definitely weighing on her mind as this episode starts one thing that's not really clear here because we just had the flashback to uh to anna at the start and then it cuts to ellie and, and joe one thing um i think it's important last episode started it started in winter and we had a massive winter storm now they're in utah so this is quite a while since they were uh since they were at the uh the lakeside uh resort it's a, a, a at least a few a few weeks to months uh on yeah. and ellie is still uh very quiet still dragging her heels not even able to hear joel when he's speaking to her because she's so absorbed in her own thoughts yeah and that was a nice touch yeah from the director mm-hmm. on that one just to kind of put you in ellie's mind essentially yeah and just kind of block out all audio did think I lost audio for a split second. <laughs> like, what just happened? Like, what the, what just, no! <laughs> um, no. Um, this was fun. This was really interesting to get into the psyche of the character who is going through stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really start to see how essentially Joel is trying to draw her out with Boggle and uh, kind of Chef Boardee. Chef <laughs> um, uh, D. Yes. Yes. Tasty. But essentially, they do, as they slowly get into Salt Lake, you're seeing that this has happened for a while. Like, now Joel is at the end of their journey. Joel is the one essentially kind of trying to pull information and mm-hmm. conversation from Ellie. And she's the stoic one. Yeah. Which is the flip of. Episode one, yeah. essentially episode yeah. two, yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the the story, yeah. When they when they started um, traveling together, Joe wouldn't have a conversation with her. Ellie wouldn't shut up, no matter what. She would ask questions about every single thing that was going on. And you can see Joe's almost at stream of consciousness level, and that's why I suppose if you realize that there has been a gap in time between uh, when they're at Lakeside and when they're here in Salt Lake City, um, Joe's been trying this for weeks at this stage to try and raise her and to try and get a conversation back out of her yeah we do start to see some hope when they get to in salt lake city and when they get to this what can only be described as the most video game ass video game mechanic where you have a ledge Mm -hmm. and you have to hoist someone up so they can drop a ladder to you and you can climb up it's a classic Um, yes yeah it's in every video game, mm-hmm. it, every major kind of action adventure, Uncharted, like you, you name it, Spider, you name the first third person action, it's there. And certainly one that's originated really with Naughty Dog. This is something that they always had in this in these types of missions. Always send off uh, Joel. Always sends off Ellie to knock down ladders for him. So, um, so certainly they are well known for it as well. It's not just a a one off mechanic. This happens 
about every 15 minutes when you're playing the game. So um, can't can't work out how to get past the next puzzle. Send Ellie off to get the ladder down. <laughs> That's basically it, yeah. And it, this is a fun change on that, mm. which is, and it's actually straight from the video game, uh, seemingly. I've seen like the, the side-by-side comparison mm. where she drops it. But for those new to this, for those kind of not understanding, you think something is wrong. Mm. Like... Like every, she's just constantly just around the corner, just passing the corner as Joel rushes after her. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh no, something, she's seen someone, someone's dying, something's wrong, she's about to get eaten by a clicker or hulking swall clicker or a runner. You name the new breed. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's something beautiful. It's life. Yeah. Life finds a way in the way of Jeff Goldblum. Like, (laughs) there is, you find a herd, I'm pretty sure it's probably an army or some weird name, but it's essentially a herd of giraffe walking around a ballpark. Um, And it's cool. It really is, isn't it? It's a fantastic moment. And right when you need it as well. Well, that's it. It's almost the therapy of Mm -hmm. it for for Ellie as well. And, you know, she's, I like the fact that she's kind of, she almost gives out to Joel to say, don't scare it away, but he gives her the plant so that she can actually yeah. then feed it. And, and there's a therapy there with this giraffe, Absolutely. which I thought was really good because we, you know, we see, um, we, we see how she's not dealing with what happened at Lakeside. So mm-hmm. this, this is this moment of, of light, you know, effectively this, this bright moment, um, that she's had in, a couple of weeks, yeah, say, yeah. um, and it, it's tonic for her soul, you know, uh, to the point where they have the conversation sort of looking out across the ballpark and the were, you know, she repeats, um, the line from episode two that Joel says, where you can't deny that view. Um, and, as they look across Salt Lake City mm-hmm. in this instance, rather than Boston, yeah, and um, I think it was Ellie in Boston that said the same line. But but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's repeated from from episode two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just an absolutely beautiful moment with the uh, with looking out over this the the group of giraffes that are now running around this uh, this um, baseball park. And that's really cool. You know, the 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 understanding here is that they have broken out somehow from the zoo, um, from the local zoo, effectively, and, and have now uh, taken on Salt Lake City as if it's their, their new tundra. Oh, I just thought they were all Mormons. <laughs> Mormon giraffes. Mormon giraffes. Know, that's how it works. That could be it. Yeah. That could be it. But, it, it, but it, as you say, John, it comes at exactly the right moment. It's it's, it's the moment that, that Ellie needs it. It's the moment that, that uh, Joel is really trying to reconnect with Ellie, and, and it comes along just at the right time, so they can now start to reconnect together. Yeah. Then the confession happens, and then that starts to twist something, and you can see it in their performance, and you see him well up. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, Pedro Pascal really knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Um, Without a doubt. Kind of just with this broken man who is then, whose heart is mending over time, and he's finding his wholeness yeah. there. Well, it's that willingness to talk about Sarah as well, and... You know, I mean, it, it's just that sort of beginnings as they're going through the sort of the, the medical, the temporary medical center where he just begins to open up about Sarah as well, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and what 
what happened to him. You know, he he lied originally about this scar that he had in his head, saying someone tried to shoot at him. He missed uh, shooting back. Um, and then it turns out that his story of what actually happened is very close to that. But actually, the person shooting at him was himself, and he did miss. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know why. He has, has no idea why. And I, I love that Ellie thinks that the moral, I suppose, of the story that Joel is saying is time heal, heals all wounds. And again, as you say, Chris, a beautiful performance from Pedro Pascal when he says it isn't time looking at Ellie. You know, he can tell that he could have gone for another 40 years living his life and that wound of the loss of Sarah would never have healed. It's only by someone as strong as Ellie uh, being by his side that he's now feeling like he's finally whole again. No. And it it's all capped beautifully with some puns. Of course. Of like, course. Because they're just amazing. And these two would never say I love you, I know, or anything like that. You know, you you are my new you are my dad and I and you're my daughter. They'd never say anything approximating a a, a true um line of I love you uh, between the two of them. It would have to be um the real acceptance that puns are actually a great mm. form of humor uh, is enough yeah. to, to yeah. for Ellie to know that he cares for. Yeah, and then like that does get closed with the flashback, uh, and there's a brief second I thought, "Is that a grenade?" I don't know what I thought. <laughs> like, there's a brief second where I'm like, "Oh God, they've got to now get through raiders, uh-huh. kill the raiders, escape, and then get to the doctors." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh my God!" Like, we're running out of time here, folks. <laughs> And then that's not it. Like, obviously, it brings it to kind of that's this section or kind of point to a close. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all beautifully handled, very, very well written, um, dramatically well written. Yeah. And I do worry, I, this is worry, quote unquote, like <laughs> it's not an actual worry, but will Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal be, will this performance be Emmy? optional in the future because it's we're now so far away from the Emmys. Yeah. Kind of later in the year. Will this be remembered? Because like we talk every now and again about these kind of my God, Critics Choice Emmy Award winning potential. And I can see like this should be up there. Mm -hmm. If Game of Thrones was up there and won a few times, this hundred percent should be. Yeah. I do fear now we're on the wrong side of the summer Mm -hmm. for it to be fully remembered and considered because you do get recency bias. Mm -hmm. But for me, this show has performantly delivered on the acting and storylines, like still one of my best episodes of TV ever is the Frank and Bill episode. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a hundred percent going to be forever live with me. This confession from a father to a surrogate daughter about how they are feeling for each other and just this short bit of a scene you could clip that out and really show some now you you miss some of the context around (laughs) it but it's just the delivery of the scene scene. it's beautiful it's it's absolutely beautiful and I, i know exactly what you're saying and i suppose it's one of those things there's there's 
uh, there's there's shows that have had one season and been remembered forever. There's shows that have to have you know six or seven seasons, like Game of Thrones. It's a, it's a really well known show, but that first season had very low view- viewership. It only yeah. it built over time. This show has built every episode to now become one of the biggest shows of HBO. So if they didn't know what they had at the beginning of this season, you know, a, a, a video game turned into a TV show. If they didn't think they would have a success from it, they absolutely have had a success from it by the end of the season. So I would suspect that HBO will put this up for uh, for Emmy consideration next year. Um, things win awards, you know, that, that have been out for the full year from the last Emmys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's up to the studio themselves or the TV channel themselves to keep pushing that and keeping it in the minds of, of people in the industry. It's going to be another two years before we get a second season of last yeah. of us. So, uh, maybe they'll align it differently the next time they release it, if that's specifically what they're looking for. But I, but I think it's likely that we'll see, uh, at least some participation from, uh, from the major cast here and, and the show itself, uh, in that, because I think, the way HBO works themselves, like they only have five or six major shows per year, which is probably quite a lot for most people. Yeah. Um, but I think this is probably going to be considered at the end of this year. It's probably still going to be considered a, a massive show. Yeah, 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 agreed. So let's hope so because they they deserve it. It was nice seeing uh, nice seeing Pedro Pascal at the Oscars the other night and going in a couple more years. Um, he's probably going to be accompanying uh, Bella Ramsey there to collect her Oscar for whatever movie she's going to be getting that for in the future because they're both yeah. fantastic. So uh, they've done such a great job here. Good stuff. Good good points, Chris. That's a uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's a good uh, good section of the uh, of the the show. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, the final section really. Um, in the, the hospital way it should be yeah like this is this is the finale of the show and i think you know some people would come in this this game has been out for 10 years the story has been out there for 10 years and i think a lot of people come into the series thinking they know how the show is going to play out um and it all comes down to a choice at the end and i think what was so controversial about this game when it came out was would you make the same choice as joel uh, and the game serviced that, the TV show serviced that, that choice of him. But it is the big question, I suppose, will be if you were a viewer of this show, do you think Joel made the right choice or not? We find out as he meets um, Marlene, who we haven't seen since the since the second episode, and she had her injury at, the, uh, at that point. So um, not too sure whether you expected Marlene to come back at all, uh, Chris, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the season. I think it's one of those ones that's supposed to be a little bit of a surprise that, um, that she pops back up and she's still the leader of the Fireflies here and she's waiting for them on the other side of the country. Uh, it's supposed to be a surprise here, but the fact that they that she has made this decision for Ellie has taken her away she's already in surgery when joel wakes up from being knocked out by the uh, by the patrol unit so it's out of his hands as far as she's concerned the decision is made thanks yeah. very much off on the road now um she was only cargo anyway you're only doing it um for the payment that i offered to you at the beginning so uh you might as well leave now i've made the decision whereas she doesn't know what we know. We, she doesn't know what's happened between the two of them and that he he is now considering her the closest person in his life. So he's not willing to accept uh, what's happened here. And what is happening, What what's happening with Ellie herself is that she's being prepared for a surgery that could potentially save the world. Um, we get much more of an explanation here um, from Marlene that the cordyceps are inside why the cor- why cordyceps don't see Ellie as being infected, and that there is a very good chance that there will be a cure created from her, but it will kill Ellie. 
There's no doubt about that. Whatever way, whatever happens, Ellie will have to sacrifice herself, whether a cure is made or not. Um, she will oh, yeah, die. They're taking out her brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're basically taking out her brain and slicing into itty bitty parts while they like figure out how to replicate the signal. Yeah. And I th- I think that's an interesting. It, it it the the fun part of the, the 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 topic this brings is is the value of one person's life valuable enough to warrant that their death on the chance on the potential mm. for the world's vaccine a uh, vaccine to a, to a problem um i find it super interesting now this topic then probably when it originally came out in a post-COVID world. Okay. Knowing that a lot of people probably, uh, not a lot, some people probably wouldn't even still take the vaccine, even when it's been decided. <laughs> probably true. But yeah. again, different topic for a different time. Yeah. But it's, would you, would you as a father sacrifice your daughter or son? Like, would you sacrifice your, and in this case now, the new pseudo kind of daughter. Like in that it's not actually his daughter, Man. but he has now throughout this months of journey yeah. kind of grown so attached that he does see her that way now. And Jill has literally said to her in the last 20 years, I've never found anybody that's made me feel whole and complete yeah. after the death of my daughter. You're the first person that's done that. I can now heal my wounds. He is literally saying to her, she is the most important thing in his life. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that's the other element, the, the other part of your question. It's does one person's life outweigh the world's life? That's not really the question here, because what Joel says is find somebody else. He doesn't say nobody should sacrifice their lives for the rest of the world. He says yeah. Ellie's not sacrificing her life for the rest of the world. That's not happening. She's not dying. <laughs> so he's not weighing up any other person in the world. He's weighing Ellie versus the rest of the world. And, and he's weighing up him as well. Him as well, absolutely. Because that is yeah. what Ellie brings for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's that selfishness there. I mean, it's interesting that Marlin says, of all the people I never wanted to owe, mm-hmm. um, it's it's you, Joel, yeah. but I owe you big time. Like, in a sense, Marlene probably has the measure of Joel. 100%. Yeah. And so she is not happy to be in a place where she owes him anything yeah um but she does and i think with us spending as much time as we have with joel i think until this scene i don't think even we as the audience know what joel's really like we've heard stories of it we've heard tommy mention it we've heard uh tommy's wife as well maria had talked about it when they were in jamestown as well that the stories that she'd heard about what joel had done before meeting Ellie or before we'd seen on screen, let's say, were massively violent. He'd killed brutalized innocent people to stay alive, effectively. Yeah. We'd not really seen that on screen. I think the only opportunity we would have seen that would have been if Joel had gotten to David before Ellie killed him. I would say you would probably seen a very brutal Well, I think Joel last there. week's episode the interrogation with the interrogation. Yeah, the interrogation of two guys. Saw. Some yeah. indication. Um, but... As Joel is escorted out, we see him turning and taking out every single person in his way to get to Ellie. Um, we see him brutally murder people who are putting down their weapons and asking for um, 
asking to be freed, you know? Um, we do see exactly how far Joel's willing to go. Does it confirm Joel was special forces or just army? Uh, actually, it was Tommy that was uh, in the army because we we hear we saw the sticker at the beginning of the season, so everybody mm-hmm. thought that was on Joel's truck. But actually, you hear that uh, Tommy was the one that went off yeah. to the army, and Joel always thought that was a bit weird because he was just a bit of a joiner. That's why Tommy went off and did that. So, uh, so no, Joel was never in the army. Okay, uh, I also think just with those gun skills, you know. Uh, but I suppose it's Texas. I think it's 20 years in the apocalypse staying alive. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A a big point I just want to bring in, and the big point makes me side with Joel. Mm. And I know I I take it, I'm kind of planting my flag here a bit. Ellie wasn't given the choice. Mm -hmm. Ellie wasn't consulted. Marlene says it, she'll never know. She's just going to be put asleep. Yeah. So I think if... It would have been different if they presented this to Joel and Nelly as a top, a, a choice going like you. Yeah. Like I think the whole point is like you could make the, like you, it's your choice. Like if you, you decide this, he would leave and he'd be happy, but he's essentially someone going, we think by killing your daughter, we may be able to do it, but we're not going to tell her. We're just going to let her go to sleep. And that's it. And they're just going to put her asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead, they don't. So, yeah, he's kind of protecting his own. Uh, he's like, essentially, the whole, we talk about it, the, the kind of the genre now, lone wolf in the cub style. Uh-huh. He is that lone wolf who now has a cub again. Yeah. He's going to do anything to protect that yeah. cub. And we see him go swat. We, we do, but <laughs> I, but I, I will say the show doesn't hold back here. They're also giving you the counterpoints between that argument from Joel. Yes, absolutely right. Uh, Marlene did not give Ellie any kind of choice, took her out. That that could have been the last words uh, that were ever said to her. But Joel also lies to her and doesn't give her any choice whatsoever in whether she will save the world or not. I don't know whether it comes out really clearly in the show here, but and it's not a big spoiler at all. But Joel 100% knows that the scientists feel with the death of Ellie, they would be able to create a vaccination or a cure for cordyceps. Yeah, that doesn't come out in the show. It's 100% clear. In the show, it's a bit more, we think. That's what they're saying to him. Agreed? Yeah. But Joel is convinced, even if a cure could be created for this, I'm not letting Ellie go. That's the choice he makes. He does not. He he believes he has made the choice to save Ellie over creating a cure. Yeah, but he yeah. does. He doesn't give her a choice, and that's what comes out later in the conversation yes. when she wakes up in the back of the car. The conversation from Joel is he creates this really flimsy cover story <laughs> that suddenly Raiders attacked and everybody die. But don't worry, I got you out of there. Oops, sorry, Marlene's dead as well. Um, but they had already done tests on other people that that were immune as well and they couldn't find anything so we're able to go no problem at all off to off, off to home with Tommy. Um yeah. so he's not giving her a choice. No, he's he's not. Um and I think that's what's really good about this is that you know you have the the points counterpoints between Joel and Marlene about mm-hmm. having that choice. But Joel makes his choice and then also prevents Ellie from having you know, her choice in the matter of 
So doing exactly the same as Marlene. Mm-hmm. I mean, possibly to some degree, they are birds of a feather. You know, they're kind yeah. of bedfellows. Yeah. Um, but it's just not giving Ellie the choice. One results in her death and but possibly with a cure for cordyceps. Mm-hmm. And the other um, is she's alive, but still hasn't been able to have her choice as to whether she would do this. Yeah. So it, it, it's really, um, I, I think it's just such a great sort of few moments, you know, from when they get to the hospital to the cover story, mm-hmm. all of this, it, it, it really sort of just murkies all the water. Exactly. Um, and it murkies the water, or muddies the water, I should say, um, <laughs> to almost between Joel and Ellie. 100%. Now, yeah. um, at just after he feels he's got as I say, a surrogate um, or someone that ha- can make him feel better mm-hmm. um, after the death of Sarah right back in episode one, you know? Yeah. So it, it's almost like he just immediately undermines his own um, happiness in a sense. Because, you know, you, you would think that he's now, well, he knows that a big fat, juicy stonking liars out there so he he knows he's always got to kind of keep that um going yeah because he's effectively also told her you have your immunity is no longer as special as you thought it was in a way he's just moved her all the way from boston to utah all the way across the country saying that she's the cure for something the conversation they had just after they saw the giraffes was, you know, this has to mean something. We have to follow this through to the end. That's the choice that Ellie does make. She says, we're going to have to follow through to the end. I'll do whatever the doctors want me to do. And then we can go wherever you want, Joel. But that is her decision. That's what she says. Marlene may not have had that discussion with her, but Joel knows her intentions. So after he's, after he killed them all, he could have had that conversation in the car with her and said, um, do you know what? I took them out because you weren't given a choice, but you are still immune. You are still the only person with immunity. I've done bad things before. I did something else bad here. The choice is still back up to you. But he's almost taken away the future choice for her because of the lie that he's telling her here is that they have done experiments and have not been able to find a cure. But Joel, I think, believes that there is a cure uh, that could have been found by killing Ellie. Yeah. I I am very interested to see where this goes. Mm. I think she finds out because I don't, I don't believe like the way they lingered on Bella Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's close out that, that final discussion, the, how, how the episode ends, because it is another one that could be open to interpretation. And I'd like to, I'd like to hear what you thought. Um, so as we've gone through this episode, we have closed out all of their stories. This, this moment earlier on where Joe reveals that he tried to kill himself after the death of, uh, of his daughter, Sarah, um, and then reveals that, you know, he, he is now saved because of Ellie. That kind of is Joel opening every single piece of himself up to Ellie. He's not, yeah. he's got no other real things hidden now. He's opening up all of his emotions to her. As the episode ends, after he's told her the lie in the car, after they get out and they go on their hike to Jamestown, Ellie then reveals the only other piece of her that Joel doesn't know. He reve- she reveals to him that she had to kill Riley, her best friend, 
which she had not revealed before. She'd said she killed yeah. someone before, but she never yeah. told Joel how important that person was to them. Had not had not told the story of what happened, but she reveals that and then immediately asks him to swear that the story that he said was true. She immediately asks for him to double down on the lie that she, I think, knows Joel told her. Double down, you tell me, you swear to me that that's true. And then he lies to her again. Yeah. And the response that we get to close out the, the episode, the response that we get from her is sure. It's not, okay, I believe you. It's not, thanks for confirming. It's not a laugh and a, and she reads a, a, a pun from her from her pun book. I think that look that we see on Ellie's face is Ellie going, not only did he lie to me before, he's lying to me now and I gave him a final opportunity to tell me the truth. Yeah. What do you think? No, I mean, I'm, I I would be 100% with you on that. I think she absolutely is smelling something fishy here. Mm. I think even just waking up still in the medical uh, gowns on the back seat, you can see even then as he's talking to her, yeah. you know, the fact that she turns away uh, yeah. to sort of rest up. Mm-hmm. That there's something that doesn't fit with what he's telling her. Mm-hmm. Even that Marlene would be there. And I mean, whilst Marlene may have not told her what the end result was, it's not to say that they didn't talk. Mm. So, you know, even little bits of his lie, such as they found other immune mm-hmm. people, she may realize that that's not right because Marlene I mean, could have yeah. simply said, you know, you're humanity's only hope that's very true yeah uh so that you know i think even then i think there's something that suggests that she's uncomfortable with what he's saying in terms of whether she can fully believe it mm-hmm. um and as you say then she just opens up as a with her um with what happened with riley and that's to say look i'm opening up to you in the same way that you opened up to me before, now to follow up is what you've just told me. Like, are you sure that's true? Mm-hmm. And again, as I say, he doubles downs on it. And I think she is then, you know, very suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she's saying that's it. Um, what, what do you think, Chris? I don't think she believes him. Mm-hmm. Um I, the, the way I don't know why I don't think Marlene said anything I don't think I think it's just Joel's not that good of a liar mm, yeah. um, and I think the sure is I know you're lying to me and then it's the question mark of what's next I think that's left with us lingering until season two mm-hmm. yeah um, in that does this? Does she accept the lie for the greater good? In that the greater good being their relationship. I think the way that they set this up that Ellie needed the immunity to mean something, mm. and it no longer means something. And I think that's the issue where she will face in Jamestown, mm. which is she's not special. Her life, the death, the destruction 
has meant nothing and been for nothing. Mm. And if she ever finds out that Joel took that away from her, then that's that's your crux of your drama, character drama for next season. Or in season two, three, whatever. Yeah. Um, like, what happens when the the one thing that made you special is taken away? And exactly, yeah. not by your choice. Yeah, yeah. And I think the whole point of sure is it's not a you're lying. It's not an okay. It's closer to I don't believe you, mm-hmm. but it can be it can be taken as okay. Okay. I but I think it's just not it's not directly <laughs> saying sure, let's move on. It's not saying I don't be it's just in the spectrum of that where in the middle is like I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's sure is just closer to I don't believe you. Yeah. Okay. The delivery in the scene uh-huh. is closer to. Interesting. interesting. And it's an f- interesting point place to leave it. Mm-hmm. It's meant to induce these types of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole point. Um, yeah. It is. Absolutely. And um, seven years from how that game ended until players got to hear uh, what happened in, uh, in in part two of The Last of Us. So hopefully we don't have to wait seven years for the second season of The Last of Us to see how that plays out between and the relationship between... Uh, What's between the time jump in the game? Not long. Not long. They, they, it's not like a, it's like a two, three year kind of job. Yeah, yeah. It's, they've, been, they've been living in Jamestown a few years. Have I been saying Jamestown the whole time? I meant Jackson, where Tommy lives. That's where, that's obviously yes. where they're going to. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I think, uh, I think there is a town called Jamestown in the US, but uh, that's not where they live. They live in Jackson. So, uh, so yes, they, they have been in Jackson a few years as, uh, as part okay. two starts. So, or it, I, I, again, can't 100% confirm haven't gone back to part two in a while so uh this is not a spoiler for the second game um because i'm not 100 sure about how that game starts what i do know is this is exactly how the game ends and we waited seven years to get to the second game so hopefully we're not gonna have to waste that long for uh for the second season of the show um no. I, I i wonder if i should just put everybody on the spot would you have made the same choice as joel as our final thing, because I think everybody probably has a decision uh, that they would make in this circumstance. Would you have made the same choice as Joel? Um, I don't have the same uh, shooting skills as Joel, uh-huh. so there's no way I could have acted on it in the way that he does. True. Yes. Yeah, me, me too. Simple as that. Me too. I would um, make the same choice if I was Joel in this situation. There you go. I'd say that. I think I would go about it with words, not with guns. <laughs> I mean, I've just... I think... To an extent, Joel's choice is the right one, but you've got to be able to say she needs, I, Ellie is the one that needs to be given the choice here. Yeah. Um, I, so I don't think that it's the, she can, yeah. you know, willingly off her own agency decide that she will sacrifice herself. Yeah. Because ultimately, if I was Joel, I probably wouldn't have lied afterwards. Mm hmm. Uh, if I had got the gun skills to do what he did <laughs> and so on. Right. But I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's put himself now in a really difficult position, I guess. Hmm. With Ellie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I don't think it's the right choice that Joel makes here. I think it's the same choice I would make, but it's not the right choice. I think Marlene's known Ellie all of her life and still made the choice 
to sacrifice her for the greater good. Uh, but I think I'd probably make the same choice as Joe. What about yourself, Chris? I honestly don't know. The part of me um, says I'd make the same the same decision as Joel mm. because the damage is already done. Um, and the world may never... It's that it's the whole point of it. It's a it's not a, a definitive, um, and there's no a part of that. Now, if I was to do it the other way, if I had the option, you then don't kill the doctor immediately. Well, yeah, you get them to wake her up, mm-hmm. and you have a logical discussion with everyone. But that's a whole other ball game, a whole other game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's an alternate reality. Yes, exactly. Um, but I think if it's a, a binary, would I do, would you leave or would you do what Joel does and get all the way to? I'd probably say I'd do what Joel does because I still don't believe one life is worth millions unless it's a hundred percent. Or because also they know exactly how the the child was made, how Ellie is made. So part of me also goes, you can just remake it now. Except like, that would sacrifice every pregnant mother. Yeah, but the, the mothers would have that choice. They would sign up for clinical trials and make that decision themselves. Right. Or people just slowly getting bit. <laughs> okay, you're, you're going parts. way off the reservation there. <laughs> this is why I'm never going to be in control. Right. Never it, in control. It's supposed to be a difficult decision. It is, but a good conversation. I'm sure lots of people were having that conversation for the first time after, uh, after watching the show uh, the other night on yeah. Sunday night. And I'm sure, yeah. as I know, millions of people were having that conversation for the last 10 years <laughs> after, the, uh, after the first game. Good stuff. Any notes or points? Anything else we want to discuss about the episode? The big one for me is I'm trying to decide whether I play part two. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, I've nearly finished parts of my backlog. So the question is, will I play part one and then roll into part two? Uh, but we'll see. We'll have to see. I don't know if I want to spoil it for myself. <laughs> uh, it's one of those. Yeah, so, yes. I, I think if you're going to hold off on part two, you're going to be holding off for quite a long time, especially if it's going to be two seasons. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, or two or three seasons. Because they'll probably film it back to back. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe. R- rumor has it that there is uh, that there's an opportunity for them to start filming on the second season this year. So, um, so it will be it will be a while, of course, before we get the second season. But uh, but rumor has it that it may start filming this year. So, uh, so that'll be cool. Uh, I think I'm going to jump into part two uh, in the break after this. Mm. Um, one of the little note that I just thought was was quite nice, uh, Laura Bailey, also a voice actor from Critical Role, um, has a very, very small cameo uh, in this episode. She plays the nurse that isn't killed uh, by by uh, by Joel in his rampage. Um, she's uh, she's in the operating theatre with Ellie. So uh, so another voice actor getting a getting a cameo in this episode. Excellent stuff. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, she also voiced the nurse in The Last of Us Part One, the game. So she, she actually provided the voice for there because he was a very, very well-known uh, voice actor. Which I, I think uh, Neil Druckmann was talking about it, saying that once he heard her voice, uh, she want, he wanted to give her a bigger part uh, in a future game with Naughty Dog. So I like that. Excellent. I like that. Final note from me um, is that uh, in a spoiler cast that I have not fully listened to yet with Neil Druckmann um, with the kind of funny game slash kind of funny team um he confirmed that at one point there was a prequel in the works about ellie's mom Mm -hmm. 
which would have been also or uh, Ashley Johnson playing it, that's where the storyline came from that's for right. this kind of cold open, yeah. which is they were going to do, and it actually wasn't going to be done by Naughty Dog. It was being run or potentially by a separate company, a mm. uh, okay. non-Naughty Dog company, um, which is very interesting for business, video game business reasons. But anyway, <laughs> um, but overall, like just interesting that this cold open came about. Basically, they had already done some preliminary um, kind of ideation on this, yeah. what it could be. Yeah, he'd, he'd written the story, and uh, and when he shared it with Craig Mason, he, uh, Craig Mason apparently went, yeah, that's definitely going to the show. <laughs> so so uh, no problem with that. That's definitely being developed as a part of this season. So uh, good stuff. Uh, last note I have is just because I think it is really awesome that uh, that it is actually a real giraffe that, uh, that Elliot and, uh, and Joe are interacting with. Um, Stupid internet and Twitter people. <laughs> it's so interesting, isn't it? Because you can see the filming of it and the, uh, there's a behind-the-scenes doc that was, uh, that was released. You can see the filming with the giraffe. Uh, and, of course... They didn't put the giraffe out in an apocalyptic world, of course. All of that is CGI. And when you put a real animal on a blue screen, things can look a bit weird. And that's probably what happened. People were looking at it going, there's no way they got a real giraffe. So the giraffe must be CGI. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. Everything around the giraffe is CGI. But it looks, uh, it, it's very cool that the, the uh, actual moment seeing Bella Ramsey and, uh, and, um, Pedro Pascal with the real life, uh, uh, giraffe. I think they spent a few days filming just to get those sh- very short scenes. So very cool. I absolutely love this because this broke Twitter for a while um, <laughs> because uh, there was a, a large contingent of people who can always tell. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is whether it's about trans people or apparently CGI. Yeah. They can always tell, quote unquote, uh-huh. and they got this so wrong. Yeah. So wrong. <laughs> so there's like literally this just army of people going oh my god it's so fake it's so cgi it's the worst cgi in the world that animal like look at that tongue it's just not real <laughs> and then within I, i'd say about a couple of hours people are like here's the photo here's the blue screen here's the real giraffe and they're like silence it's like crickets just come in after so of course i love when certain people that can always tell get owned mm-hmm. yeah absolutely Absolutely. Good stuff. That's all my notes on the episode. Anything else uh, you guys want to talk about? Uh, no notes no, for me. nothing for me. So then that can only mean one thing. It is time to wrap it up. Derek, I think pretty much I know exactly where you're going to go with this, but what is your final thoughts and opinions on The Last of Us Episode 9? And if you want to sprinkle in some thoughts on the season as a whole. Talk about sticking the landing. Um, this absolutely nailed all the emotional moments for me and the the that choice that Joel makes the the uh, conversation around it even while sprinkling in even more information than I had the first time I played this story the first time I heard about the story I didn't know anything about the relationship really between Anna and Marlene the connection between them the fact that Marlene has been looking over Ellie for 14 years while not as close as Joel she is aware of her she this is her best friend's child as well so having those that decision at the end from Joel now has even more context because of the decision that Marlene makes. So I love that. I love how they've added to this and expanded on it. I uh, thought it was wonderful having um, Ashley Johnson in here at the beginning of the episode as well. Um, just, yeah, this is one of the best shows I've seen and they have nailed the ending for it. I really, really enjoyed what they've delivered in this first season. I'm really trustful now of what Craig Mason and Neil Druckmann will deliver for season two. I'm really excited to see what they 
do with that second story. Um, and I'm, I think I can, I can place a lot of hope in them that they'll do the right thing and tell a great story with the second season. So I'm really looking forward to it. Great stuff. Jonas, what is your final opinion and thoughts on episode nine? And if you want to sprinkle in, do some uh, Salt Bay on thoughts on the season as a whole. Um, yeah, no, I, I really, really enjoyed, um, uh, this, this episode. I give it four and a half jolly giraffes out of five. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I love the opening, uh, just that little bit of, um, exposition, that context. I think just building up to that choice that Joel has, mm-hmm. um, just the relationship that, you know, after the difficult time at Lakeside for, for Ellie, um, and Joel, that, that kind of switch between the two of them, but how that is in effect almost immediately undermined by what Joel's choice is and the subsequent lie that he tells her. Yeah. Um, so I, I really thought this was excellent. Um, I think overall the season's just been phenomenal. Um, it's really had so many great moments and so many like f- fantastic sort of emotional beats to it um so i've really absolutely uh, loved this season 1 of the last of us and yeah for me this episode four and a half jolly drafts out of five uh chris what about yourself uh what did you think of episode 9 of the last of us uh, as someone who hadn't kind of played much of the game and definitely never completed it. New new kind of stories about how it went, how it kind of closed and the discussions and the the the, the drama about it when it came out ten plus years ago. Um I I I was interested to see how I would feel towards the end of this. Um I think as a season, damn near perfect. Like yeah. brilliant storytelling, beat to beat. The actors were chosen correctly. They 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 expand as you said, Derek. They expanded where they felt they should make additions, which gave the story even greater. Like I said, like again, the the Frank and Bill episode is still one of the greatest pieces of TV I've seen this year, mm-hmm. and probably in the last couple of years. Um, this ending felt slightly rushed, but I understand why. Because, again, I'm assuming that Skyscraper <laughs> shootout probably lasts ages in the game. Like, you're working your way up level, level, level. Like, there, there's some... there's. It feels fast because I think it more... I don't didn't want it to end versus I could specifically call out points where I'm like, they should have expanded that and made more. I think it's just... It's a good story that deserves to be told... And I think it was told in the right way. I think it was just felt fast, if that makes sense. It felt like everything was tied up very quickly mm-hmm. in 42 minutes when they have shown before that they can take a full hour if they wanted it. But I, I, I can't point to a note and go, that's, that's where you should have extended out the conversation. Exactly. I want to know more. Like, that's on them. They make a choice. And I think it, still the season was fantastic. Mm-hmm. We talked about Game of Thrones and Succession and other big HBO stories that for years have grown with the audience, mm-hmm. grown with their viewerships. This, like Watchmen, 
within one season was huge. Mm-hmm. This is getting the set part two, part three, well, season two, season three, or part two, whatever way they do it, who knows? Yeah. Time will tell. But for now, it was fantastic. And it's left on a, you can call it an ambiguous cliffhanger. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. That's a way to end it. Um, but overall, just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, like, I think the only thing I'd say is you're right. The shoot out that happens in the hospital takes days because it's very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> but realistically, I think in game time, it's probably about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe. Well, yeah. that's it. And I mean, it's probably about the same length. And I think, <laughs> yeah. And I think the choice yeah. that they made in how to shoot that for mm-hmm. the TV show was really good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes, it was quick, but because they slowed it down, made it that kind of... I mean, even just with Pedro Pascal sort of kicking the empty shell cases, um, yeah. I, I thought it was really well done, you know, and it mm-hmm. just kind of slowed the time but got through a bit which ultimately should be quick, you know, because otherwise, yeah. well, you can have a, even a 10-minute a shootout in, in that is just going to be... Like what's going on here? So I, yeah. I thought the choices that they made were really good. Absolutely, Little nods to uh, nods to the Terminator in there, but also showing the brutality of him. You know, as I mentioned earlier yeah. on, him shooting people that were putting down their guns. He takes his knife out to stab a guy after killing him. Yeah. You know, make, after shooting him to make sure he's dead. You know, he's yep. he is absolutely taking out every single person that is in the way. And, and I do think the kicking of the bullets as they're coming. I think that's a little nod to uh, to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator. Um, seeing the bullet casings bounce on the ground as he walks through, uh, through this place. I think it was a, a little touch there. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. We have come to the end of our discussion for this episode of the season. So that can only mean one thing. It's time to head to the pub. Gentlemen, take us off to the end of the world or the world's end for the pub quiz for this episode. Yes, fellow quizzes, fellow survivors. Question nine for the world's end, the last of us pub quiz. What word game does Joel find as he scavenges for supplies on the outskirts of Salt Lake City? Hmm. I've never played this word game. I have. Have you? Yes. Okay. I don't think I've ever played it, but, um, but a very well known, uh, known one. Yes, and I believe Chris may have spoiled it <laughs> during the course of the podcast. I think you might, but there's nine questions to answer, John, so with yes. multiple parts throughout the season. So do you want to give this question one more time? I will. Question nine for episode nine of The Last of Us. What word game does Joel find as he scavenges for supplies on the outskirts of Salt Lake City? Fellow quizzers, fellow survivors... Please, it is that moment where you can send in all nine answers to the pub quiz to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. So get those in uh, to be in with a chance to avail of The Last of Us Part 1 game for PlayStation 5 or for PC. Uh, And of course, if you're not a gamer, well then we will look to provide some other Last of Us type goodies as well a a basket of mushrooms as i said before (laughs) it won't be a basket of mushrooms but it will be something else related to the last of us uh, for you to enjoy a selection of 
of mushrooms. I guarantee we won't be able to ship mushrooms from Ireland to anywhere <laughs> else in the world. So I promise it'll be it'll be something else related to The Last of Us. Yeah, just email in those answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. We'll be recording a wrap-up podcast for The Last of Us in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, that's where we will announce the winner of The Last of Us Part 1 on PC or PS5. Thanks so much to everybody who, uh, who's entered the competition and everybody who's hopefully been enjoying The Last of Us World's End pub quiz so far this season. Uh, looking forward to hearing your answers. Good stuff. Let's get on to some feedback. First up, we have some email feedback in. Uh, we got an email in from Sam who says, Morning, guys. I hope I've got this in time for the episode. What can I say about this series other than, wow, it was so good. Very realistic, very character-driven, well-acted, and beautifully shot. I somehow managed to relate to it. Not sure how that works. As someone who played the game when it very first came out, I can remember very little of the game. Every now and then, I get a nostalgic feeling like when you get when you watch an old TV show. You can't remember what happened, just how it made you feel. Although I do remember that last bit in the hospital taking me a lot longer, like two <laughs> days longer. Yes. It's a shame that Joel didn't come clean to Ellie at the end. I do get it that that's potential fallout story arc between the pair of them for season two. Episode nine, what a way to start having the actress who played Ellie in the game be Ellie's mom. I love that. For me, that shows how good the casting was, as they almost looked like they could be related. Ellie's vacant stare at the start of the episode made me want to hug her. So well portrayed. Bella has a massive future. I loved how paternal Joel had become of Ellie over the series, the whole you're like my daughter but not, and the heart to heart when they sat down was a lovely unspoken way of saying I love you. Two of my favourite Joel moments were the bit with the sniper rifle, where he didn't want to shoot the guy, but then ended off doing it anyway, and the I've got you baby girl. I don't have a favourite Ellie moment, it was all amazing. My favourite episode was the sniper episode, episode 6, and of course episode 8 as well last week. Love the podcast guys, keep up the good work. What are you watching next? Love and mushrooms from Sam. Thanks so much, Sam. Uh, we're currently still uh, podcasting about two of the shows, uh, of course, Star Trek Picard and Star Wars The Bad Batch. And there's been lots of mixing and shaking up uh, in the other shows that we're going to be covering uh, this year. So we don't have many release dates of stuff that's no, coming that's up. that's true. What we do know is we'll be covering The Boys uh, Season 4 this year. We'll be covering the spin-off show of that as well, both available on uh, Prime Video. Um, we know the third season, The Witcher, is coming out this summer as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll most likely be covering that uh, in the summer. And we know on the Marvel side, we know we're covering Secret Invasion, which is due later this year uh, at some point as and well. And Invincible is out. Is it this year as well? Not that I was on that for the first season. Yeah, the the announcement for Invincible said it is coming some point in 2023, (laughs) and it could just be the first episode released on December December 31st uh, this year, and that would still mean they were right about their announcements. Yeah. So At some point. They very specifically called out some point. Underline, some point in 2023. So lots and lots of stuff. We're not 100% sure of... What ex- when exactly we'll be covering things only because release dates haven't been put out there yet for those shows so uh, hopefully we'll get some more release dates coming up Sam yes but who knows probably three days from now they're just going to drop every single one and it's all going to be in the same week <laughs> like every show starts in the same given how many shows are getting cancelled from streaming services at the moment my feeling is they're going to spread these out and make sure they're not all happening at the same time uh, so they get as many eyeballs on them as possible uh, for every single streaming service, I would say, is is making that plan at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Um, yeah, I think uh, the, the way this episode started was just really, really cool, and um, that it was uh, 
Ashley Johnson mm. that uh, was playing Ellie's mum there. Um, yeah, I love that too. Um, and I think um, I think you're so right. I think uh, Bella Ramsey has a massive future. I mean, just the two things I'm aware of her being involved in, which is this and effectively Game of Thrones. Um, you know, she really made her her mark um you know when you think about it um certainly from game of thrones when she was so young and everyone was talking about her she really filled the hall at winterfell so Mm. um yeah good stuff yeah thanks man the i think the realism that you talk about the the it's so realistic and that you relate to it but you're not sure why i think it's the realism it's the character driven and the characters being very realistic like we if the end of the apocalypse happens it's going to be like this it's yeah. not it, it there, there's a darker tone to it than some of the more i'm not saying walking dead is not darker because it definitely has had that but some of this seems a bit more sometimes more realistic than some of the mm. more shambling re- walking <sighs> again Going by what I've watched of the two, like yeah. I know there's a lot. It, it's but too difficult. And the only reason I push back on it, I know lots and lots of people compare the shows, but the only reason I push back on it, you're comparing 12 seasons versus nine episodes. Exactly. Let's see if The Last of Us could make um, as many episodes as The Walking Dead and be as good as that. That's the only reason I push back. But I've I loved agree. The Last of Us, and I will say exactly what you're what you're saying, Chris, that I agree with is what they've done here is once you accept the central premise here that the world has ended... And out there in the distance, in the background, mushroom monsters are coming to kill you if you go the wrong to the wrong place. Once you've accepted that, the characters are really realistically written. That's that's what yeah. I'd say. So they've really built their show on. If you accept the premise, now we're going to tell a real story of humans in this environment. So yeah, yeah. they've done a, done a great job of that. Great stuff. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Heading on over to our Facebook feedback. First up, David, Mister Writer says. I start by saying I haven't played the game, so I had no expectations or reference point on how it would play out here. Being a shorter episode, I think it snuck up on me on how fast it ended, and I got to say this was very mid. I wasn't expecting fireworks, but at least a sparkler. Her origin was cool. Those fungus do travel fast, apparently, from mother to umbilical cord to child. The chemistry between Joel and Ellie was way off perfectly executed by the actors and the tension was through the roof it was uncomfortable for the viewer because part of you wanted him to deal with the elephant in the room but the other part was saying let's just sweep it under the rug again perfectly executed by the actors the rambo scene was pretty cool he has a kneecap fetish because it's all he goes for (laughs) i'm not sure how i feel about marlene getting executed either I have to remind myself that he's an anti-hero and not a good guy. I guess it also bothered me about the big 180 he makes and going away from the mission to possibly save millions. I completely understand he's overcompensating for not being able to protect her from the cannibal diddler, but it was such a stray from his usual arc. But I understand why. He was overcompensating in all episodes, actually. Reminds me of when you tell a partner that they talk too much, so they decide to be petty and refuse to talk to you. So now you have to try and chat them up to get them back to talking again. That was Joel all episode. Overall, though, it's getting a 3 
out of five. It was almost as bad as Arya killing the Night King, that level of underwhelming after a pretty big build-up. After finally finishing the Walking Dead series finale, I guess I expected more from the season finale because so far it's been the better product. Side note, I'm the only one who got annoyed at the Firefly soldier in the beginning who didn't cover Ellie's ears when Marlene told him to. Something about the gunshot and baby Ellie crying because of the other Firefly didn't cover her ears, it really irked me. I don't know what I expected. Thanks, David. Um, do you know, I, 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 I know what you mean, and I know Chris mentioned it around the gunshot with baby Ellie, but you know, guns allowed. So I think even with that, because I actually thought the yeah. dramatic element of the baby screaming out in the hall after effectively its mother mm-hmm. had just been shot by her, you know, one of her oldest friends, I thought was quite uh, sort of theatrical, really. So yeah. I thought it was actually quite good. But and I'm just wondering to what extent um, he could put his hands over his ears when mm. one of them is supporting so I think he tried, but I'm guessing the gun is also pretty loud. Oh, definitely, definitely. But I, I, I think a lot of people have actually pointed this out as well. It's like you were told to do one thing and you didn't do it. You can clearly see that the soldier doesn't have his hands anywhere near the ears. My yeah. pushback on it is kind of he was also just handed a baby a second ago and he's carrying a torch and a gun and he's kind of going, what the hell is happening? Don't really know what's going on. So I think he may have just uh, just failed because... He was so shocked. As it was no, just exactly. <laughs> like, and one of those hands is under the baby supporting yeah. it. So, um, I guess he should have just gone downstairs immediately. But mm. also, the gun was loud. Anyway, I thought the baby screaming out was kind of like no, exactly, yeah. but yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> I guess. How did it go again? <laughs> okay, interesting. You tell. I Charles. guess. Yeah. You do your best baby impression then. I don't need to, because thank you so much, David. <laughs> yeah, uh, this really irked me too. Um, but this, the, this kind of piece. But I think, uh, as even Derek said, it's uh, multiple people have called it out. But thanks for your feedback. I, I guess I, I think most of us are a bit higher on it and less mid on it. But I understand. Look, it's not everyone's cup of tea, and that's the thing. Like as long as the majority landed for you, that's kind of the major point. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I have to say I do kind of agree. I the, these the 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 fungi do travel very fast. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I I don't know they, if that they is run. possible. They they they're almost like runners. No, but, but I mean, they travel fast. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. I'm not. I think that's more irking to me. Okay. Do you know? I actually thought that that. Anna had been bitten before coming to the house. I thought that she was running away from the infected and then arrived at the house and then the infected uh, happened to come into the room um, because she seemed to be running to get there. And that was clearly a prearranged meeting that she had with Marlene because Marlene said she turned up late. So I thought she was already running away from an infected that may have already bitten her. So uh, so the cordyceps hadn't traveled that fast. It was that she hadn't turned before yeah, that... the baby was born, but you're probably right. I think I think the the uh, infect is on top of her for quite a while in that attack, so she may have gotten the opportunity to be bitten during that time. So yeah, yeah, but that yeah. that sounds plausible as well. Yeah. Never know. 
But again, we probably won't find any more details out about, uh, <laughs> about how she actually died either. The origin is over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great stuff. Thanks, David. Next up, we have some feedback from Alex Baelish, who had this to say, such a giant episode last night, it was hard to keep it together. Afterwards, the relationship with Joel and Ellie is so unique, but so amazing. All I could think about is my daughter and what you would do for life. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Alex. Don't have that yet, but uh, I'm I, a lot of people I've heard say that anyone who has kids basically have kind of echoed what you were echoing. Yeah, and I do too, Alex. <laughs> Even though I don't have kids, I agree with you. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Next up, Amanda Snow had this to say, This show is so frustrating. Why must they introduce such interesting characters with great actors then kill them off and leave us with the worst ones and so many MacGuffins. Not quite sure which MacGuffins, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I will happily discuss it uh, if you want to send us more feedback in. Um, overall, though, I, I actually think, like, if you're talking about Marlene, I, that was always going to be the way, in my, in my opinion. Like, it had to be that way. Um, and then... The same for the origin of obviously Ellie and a few of that. So I think you're left with Joel and Ellie because again it's realistic. You're not always going to have the nicest people surviving. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have these people who aren't the nicest people in the world, i.e. the yeah. Joels. They are the people that have survived in this post apocalyptic world. Yeah. The nice person finishes last. Well, most probably in this way, the nice person got bit by the cordyceps and is no longer with us. In fairness, I, I should have been clearer. Amanda's comment was on the spoiler uh, posts that we put up on Facebook, which had an image from each episode of the last eight episodes of the season so far. And yes, a massive amount of fantastic, interesting characters introduced in the show and uh, with great actors behind them who've been, who've been killed throughout the series. Um, those were the major moments throughout, throughout the season so far. So totally understand that, Amanda. But I suppose this show was never going to be a long-running TV show telling the story of a massive group of characters. We kind of learned that earlier on in the season. So I'm, I kind of love that they've surrounded them by great actors playing small roles that didn't last for a very long time, attracting really good actors to play characters that only last one episode. Um, kind of made it really special. Um, it added something really extra to the characters that we got this season having great actors behind them. So um, so and I, while I understand if you're comparing it against a long-running show where you see the same actors come back week after week, a big cast of characters, uh, it's very different uh, to those kind of shows. But our main our main cast here are Joel and Ellie. So, yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. Dave, Mr. Roger is back again with, a, with a, an additional question on top of his feedback. He says, one for John and Chris. How's this for a nutty, nutty idea? How would you have felt about reversing the last two episodes? So episode nine goes for episode eight does. There's the attack in the hospital, Joel killing all of the fireflies. And then the episode ends with Ellie asking the question to swear, and he does, and you can see the trust is broken. And then episode eight, where the two of them get split apart, and Ellie has to take out David, is the finale of the season. And it goes to black after Joel tells her, I've got you, baby girl. What would you think about flipping that order for the episodes? It's an interesting approach. I think what you lose slightly is the driving factor of this episode, which was the the emotional impact Joel had on Ellie nearly dying and being pulled away uh, and kind of 
him waking up to her after she had saved him, her not being there and her being taken, and him, that final character-based shift of Joel to understand that she is a surrogate or replacement, if you will, daughter, Sarah. And he sees her, or he feels for her as much as he did for Sarah mm-hmm. in different ways. And they're both unique, as he keeps calling out. Um, but they're, and they're both very different, but they're very similar. And I think that's so it, I don't think it would work quite the way. And also it leaves us on a different style of kind of, kind of cliffhanger, if you will. Mm-hmm. It, it, it leaves us in a different way. Um, this is somewhat of a, she doesn't believe him because you would also have to play off that part of last episode eight into episode nine where, well, what, what does she do with the not, that not believing? At least now we know they're about to go into the town with Tommy and the rest of them and potentially live out their lives mm-hmm. while that eats away at her. So I think it's a nice idea. I think it's just, I, I prefer the way it plays here, but it's definitely a, a nutty idea, which I enjoy. So yeah, I think that's pretty good. I guess the intention for Neil Druckmann was to have that saviour moment and in a sense this relationship that has been sort of on edge all the way through come to something a bit more and um, sort of softer and gentler only for it to then be ripped open again mm-hmm. with the events of episodes nine. So I guess it just, it plays with that. But like you say, you know, um, it's both situations, whilst they would still have them going back to the brother's camp, it, there is, it's just worse the relationship. And I, I guess mm-hmm. if there's a fracturing in episode eight, what Joel does for her in episode nine, would possibly bring uh, bring them back together again. So yeah. I guess it's for what the future is, which was probably always the intention with there being the the episode uh, part two of the game, uh, and to explore what happens in that. Which of course is you know kind of probably a little different than people would think. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah no like, good stuff, David. Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure whether Joel makes the same decision he did in episode nine if episode eight hadn't happened. I think I think he makes that decision because their relationship has well, built yeah. uh, on what she's gone through as well, uh, as well as the time they've spent together. Yeah. So, but, but all these yeah. theories um, and just little these ideas it's uh yeah good to hear absolutely yeah. thanks david angie arhus has some feedback she says i kind of agree that i didn't know what to expect in the finale not having played the game they sure kept me guessing and i didn't see joe lying to ellie and dooming all of humanity i will say it wasn't originally going to watch this show thinking it was yet another zombie apocalypse type show however however when i saw craig mason was involved and tvpi were podcasting on it i thought i'd better not miss out I am so glad I did watch the show. Episode 3 was worth the entire season alone, and Episode 5 was one of the scariest things I've seen in a while. Loved it all. We already knew Craig Mason was a master storyteller, and I think the show has driven Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey into the top stratosphere of acting, and I wanted to say, if there is a TVPI event in Dublin for the Thousandth Podcast, I'll be there for it. Thanks again for another great podcast series. Thanks, Angie. Good stuff, Angie. Yeah, it'll be the four of us here in Dublin. (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> I think we should slowly more. start re- re- bringing more and more and more people. Yes. There'll be a whole four. <laughs> should do it when Dublin Comic Con is on. Yeah, that could work. That could work. 250 episodes to organize, John. Oh, no. 
Yeah. That, that's on you guys. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do the rest <laughs> of the. Uh, I'll do the rest of the podcast and stuff. You guys organize something for a nice episode. <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody, for your feedback uh, throughout the season so far. We do still have our wrap up episode. If you want to send in any thoughts on the season as a whole, once you finish watching it, email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com/groups/tvpodcastindustries. Spoiler posts up there for every episode that we've recorded about The Last of Us. Uh, but of course, remember. You can enter the Last of Us World's End pub quiz by using that same address as well for your nine answers to the pub quiz questions. Uh, looking forward to talking to you again one final time about The Last of Us in a couple of weeks' time. Yes, thank you so much for staying with us. Don't forget, we're also covering, as Derek has already said, covering The Bad Batch each and every week. We've got a couple more episodes left on that. And we are over in the Star Trekking across the universe with the final season of Star Trek Picard season three. Yes, and we're kind of podcasting that in each and every episode. And it's definitely an interesting one. If you like the next generation, make sure you're there. Make sure you're following along. You don't have too much to catch up on and you can do it now quite easily. Yeah, so thanks so much, fellow survivors, for joining us for this episode of The Last of Us. Uh, but in the meantime, before uh, we come back with our wrap-up episode, keep watching, keep listening, and keep surviving, keep trekking, keep being bad, you name it, uh, you keep doing it. Bye. Bye.